Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, formerly the diva on the mine, currently riding high. And man, I don't know where this roller coaster is, when it's going to peak, but I'm here and I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here. And I'm not going to enjoy it alone. Uh, we're going to get right into it. This is going to be maybe the most jam-packed podcast I've ever done here. And there's no way I can hit all these topics by myself. So we're going to get right to it uh, with the man I'm going to be drinking with next weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm before I forget to mention it, um, Jack Dempsey's literally across the street from the Empire State Building. Dempsey. I am an in. Dempsey, no P. Yes. Dempsey. <laughs> Dempsey. Um, I've been on a uh, fantasy basketball draft and Dempsey came up a lot. But anyway, uh, Jack Dempsey's across the street from the Empire State Building. I'm in an Empire State of mine. Matt, I know we're going to be having some drinks together. We're going to figure out a way. What do you think? How are we going to give drinks to our listeners? How are we going to play this one out? I don't know. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Should it be prediction based? Yes. I was just going to say, I think prediction based. I think we can do some saucy ones with like if a player scores, like a certain player scores, we can do something. Uh, all, right, all right. So I, I got it. I, I'm going to lay this one out there right now. If you tweet to the show at... HEF pod on Twitter, tweet to the show what your prediction is for the match. And if you show up to the watch party in New York next Saturday, I'm talking about the Tottenham match, by the way, the Tottenham match in midweek. If you predict that score perfectly, then I will pay $20 towards your tab at Jack Dempsey's next Saturday. Yeah, That's my personal gift to our listeners. Okay. 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 I like that. I. If you're not on, if you're not on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook at HEF pod or facebook.com slash HEF pod on Instagram at Hey, I'm truck Frankfurt, or hit me up on our, uh, on my personal Twitter. We, I'm going to stick with this. Uh, you pick a perfect score in the Tottenham match and I will put $20 towards your tab in New York. Add my $20 to it, buddy. Let's give them 40. Ooh, look at that. I like it. <laughs> All right. So let's get down to business. Why are we so excited, Matt? What happened over the weekend? I mean, it was a double victory from both sides of the both sides of the logo today or this weekend. So I mean, it, it couldn't have been a more perfect, perfect weekend. I mean, th- three games, three games, uh, three game win streak now with the boys, which is great. The girls are in third place in the women's league. I mean, not champagne pop and style, but that's a big, big, uh, that's a fat beer to chug for the rest of the night. Definitely. You know, we're not champagne popping, but we are popping the hopes of Union Berlin this weekend. Uh, 2-0 victory back at the Walt Stadion. Um, you know, a lot has been made about coming off of breaks for this group in the past about how we just don't know what we're going to get. And I think we were a little nervous making our predictions. I definitely thought we were going to come out more flat than we did. Um, but Union kind of had that break come at a bad time for them. Uh, maybe a good time for us as we were running tired. But we came out of the gates ready to go. And uh, right from the start, you could just feel this team was ready. 
What did you think about the formation, the lineup, and how we rolled out? Yeah, I mean, 3-4-3. Three, three, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Lineup. I mean, we've been very versatile in our back line. I mean, dude, Haseba just keeps proving to be a solid person uh, back there right now. It's a great um, great replacement for Toy right now. And, you know, Toy dealing with an infection currently. But, dude, clean sheet. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, we did a clean sheet against Union. We've done a clean sheet against Marseille. We've done a clean sheet against uh, Leipzig. I mean... This is uh, this is definitely looking like a good team. I mean, it just sucks with our goal differential right now because that Bayern whooping just does not look great for it. But the, the, these clean sheets will definitely help us in the in the long run, especially with our like defensive stats, but potentially being like one of the best defenses in the Bundesliga currently. Because you know, after um, conceding to a Bayern six nothing, you know, we haven't conceded more than uh, uh, one goal except for you know Werder Bremen in the Bundesliga. Obviously, I'm not counting Sporting Lisbon, but Lineup was great. I mean, no complaints on my department. I mean, I th- I thought it was fair to um, <clears throat> oh wow, excuse me, I just like choked on my little water here. Um, I just I just thought we did a great great job. I just um, in terms of the lineup, I just thought you know Gutsa and Lindstrom playing alongside each other was great. Kamada sitting in that kind of sixth spot next to Voda was good. Knauf with the start, I think you know was well deserved. Um, yeah, I mean Pellegrini as well. Uh, welcome back to the team. You know, it was good. What about you? We're going to get into him a little more later. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting right off the bat with Randall Kolomuani uh, making his debut with the French national team. Was he going to be tired? You know, is what, what RKM were we going to get? The one that we've been accustomed to or one that's, you know, traveled a little more and a little bit tired. But, man, he doesn't get right tired. away. He was there. He doesn't get tired. The guy's a machine. Use his speed to get away from that defender. And the key for me, he took the ball to the end line. And Mario Goza, who, God love this guy. He's just reinvented himself. Um, he sat back in the slot for the easy goal. You know, that's an experience play for me. A lot of young guys right now, you know how it is. Uh, the young guys crash the net and they go too deep. They wait for that pass. If it comes, it's probably too late picked off by the goalie or a defender in there. Um, Goza took the defender all the way to the, to the goalie. And then he stepped back just two simple steps back wide open squares himself and scores a goal. That is textbook. Um, yeah, it was a perfect combination. I, I mean, I mean, Kulamani's yeah. run was just unbelievable. I mean, that man is just a freaking cheetah gazelle, whatever, whatever fast Emily can think of. I mean, this guy is Hard to defend against, and it's clear to see defenders are struggling. And I mean, the no look pass two guts it back. I mean, like you said, like that experience just to hold your run instead of like these younger guys crashing the box. Um, but at the same time, those guys crashing the box does give guts the opportunity to be open. But I mean, absolutely. I mean, Lindstrom's run too. I mean, being able to intercept the ball off the defender's shit pass and then being able to, you know, pretty much do become Brazilian, you know, be a Brazilian Lindstrom. Um, that goal was un- unbelievable. I mean, this was a, a solid, solid, you know, first half, you know. Um, I, I definitely, you know, 10 out of 10. I mean, I was Roda playing as well. You know, Roda definitely held his own there. And Dika definitely looked good. Tuta looks, man, this guy just keeps tripping sometimes out of the blue. Like, I don't know whether his, like, balance is off or whatever it is. But, like, he still played a good game. But, like, his clumsiness just shows sometimes. I'm just like, dude, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? But... Solid first half. Solid first half. Knopf was getting worked. You hear it a lot uh, 
from coaches, especially that that middle 10 minutes of the match five before and after the break, how critical that is to a team, uh, the momentum you're carrying or the momentum you're trying to, to switch uh, away from the other team. And for us at that point, late in the half, things were comfortable. Uh, Union really wasn't getting a lot of looks. The ones they had, we were doing a great job of taking away quality opportunities. Um, and then kind of out of nowhere, Jesper Lindstrom uh, picking the ball up all on his own, takes it in, jukes the jocks off a couple defenders. Yeah. And and then, uh, you know, a little like Daichi Kamada action inside the box, just tiptoeing around on his feet. Yeah. Sneaks it past the fellow Dane, uh, Frederick Renov. I mean, Man, I know he's like my favorite player, but that's got to be one of our top goals of the season to this point. Just, you know, like Brian says, I'm a little biased, but, you know, just the way that he shows up once in a while. But when he does, man, he does it in a flashy way. And that's so much fun to see from him. Yeah. If we can get more out of him during his average spells. I think this team would be far better off. Yeah, I mean that was he just kind of pretty much purely showed his talents through throughout the that whole play. Where and then you know there's a reason why Arsenal wants to pay 17 mil for him now. You know um, that he took the opportunity have to bump that up a little more, a little bit more. Yeah, especially especially what happens if we uh, happens on Tuesday. But it's it's gonna. It, I mean, dude, yeah. If offensively, we're great. It seems like Lindstrom, Gutsu, and Kolomani are working really, really well together. I like Kamada sitting in that a six spot because you know, he could make those late runs in sometimes. Um, Knauf was getting worked, like I said earlier, like we were abusing him as if we were would abuse Kostic on the other side, who also scored a goal uh, today. Shout out to Kostic. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this was a solid side lineup in the first half, you know. I mean, I had my complaints in the second half where I thought, you know, we kind of tucked our tails in a little bit, but we'll get to that whenever we get to that. But yeah, it was it was a I mean, Kev, I mean, Kevin Trapp, just another example of uh, you know why he is the best keeper in Germany slash the world right now, and you know, hopefully he gets that. Um, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name, but that goal, uh, the the goalie um, award, the best goalkeeper award. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, let's keep him our little secret right now, but it's hard to keep it under wraps. The guy just makes big plays at the right time. Um, if there's one concern that I had in this match, you know, we had made such improvements in our shot shots on target uh, category. Um, this is the first match in a few that we've been below 50% on target. And it wasn't just, you know, hey, we missed miss the frame we were missing by a mile on a few of these and you know i haven't looked at the timing of them maybe it was just a lot of excitement trying to go for it um but i attribute a lot of them probably half of them to one man um luca pellegrini <laughs> he's a trigger happy <laughs> how man do we, <laughs> he was how do we feel day. about this I, I know you and i have gone back and forth on this i i want it for him so fucking bad but it's kind of at the point now if we weren't ahead one nil or two nil in that match, it would have been concerning just how much he was shooting and missing. I mean, that heck of a shot that almost uh, went in off the crossbar. But, you know, on the whole, not a lot of quality there and a lot of balls going back the other way on goal kicks. I mean, look, if you, if he's feeling it, you're feeling it. You know, he he had a what, week and a half off, you know, but oh, probably more than that because I don't know how long he's been injured for. Um, Lent's coming back too. you know, the the, the Glass brothers finally uh, came out of the hospital. Um, 
it's uh <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, it, it, this this one was great because, you know, we were able to give, you know, people like Jibril So a break. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'm glad that we were able to get Mbappe in as well because he's probably going to play significant minutes against Tottenham uh, on Tuesday. But um, Pellegrini, I like him, man. Listen, he, he, there's a reason why he's at Juventus. You know, we knew about his um, injury woes, but... If he wants to take a shot, he can take a shot. You know, he knows he's the only lefty that, or the one of the three lefties, but the only offensive lefty that we have currently on the on the squad. And you know, he was playing a more offensive role uh, against Union, and so you know, shoot or shoot at that point. I don't think I don't know if he, he will play in that role again um, on Tuesday. Uh, maybe in the Bundesliga against Bochum, but. You know, I will we'll probably play uh, in the forward back where he'll play a more defensive role where, you know, you don't have to worry about his shooting roles. But <laughs> if I was in that position, shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. Especially if I was feeling that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't I don't want to tell him to not shoot. I mean, it, eventually it's going to go in and watch out once he gets one. He's waited, you know, a decade to get one. Uh, but once he gets one, there will be more to follow. So, He'll keep shooting it. You know, maybe the next time we get a penalty, just get him up there and get it out of the way and go from there. And you also got to put it in this perspective, too. Like, there's no no way we'd be giving him the green light to shoot if they wouldn't be putting him on there. Like, you know, when we were when he took that one yes. free kick a couple of weeks ago, we're like, okay, what the hell is going on now? And now that I'm thinking about it, the amount of times he shot in this game, it's like, okay, like, is there something at the training ground that's not developed yet in the game scenario yet where, you know, Pellegrini could be a deadly left footer that could be a good, you know, replacement for Kostic. So, you know, that's, that's still a pending yeah. question to be answered. But I mean, and even though, even though he missed the target on several shots, um, there were none that I can recall where I said, wow, that was a stupid attempt or a stupid, you know, position in the match where he should not have taken that shot by any means. Yeah. So he's playing the game the right way. There was a few times where he also started a little bit where he took like an extra half second too uh, late to take a shot. Like I remember a few corners that were uh, that we took that he was on the outside of the box and, you know, we just hesitated a little bit. And, you know, that probably deflected off. Um but, I mean, look, may, we, I don't know how often we're going to see this. I mean, I'm, I, it was interesting that we did it against Onion, who played five in the midfield, you know, where we get overrun. But it didn't seem like anything changed, you know. So, it, I, 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 we'll see. I mean, look, he's not going to shoot a lot. So, that's going to be in your favor. So, but when he does, you know, he's going to have a few crackers this season, it seems like. Hopefully, um, you know, pending if he's healthy and stuff like that. Who knows? Winter's coming and that can crack glass real easy. Reminds me a little bit of Aiden Rustich, who didn't score a lot, but when he did, you remembered every single one of them. Well, yeah, it was only like three. <laughs> if I can remember yeah. three things, well, actually, that'd be kind of, with my brain, who knows? <laughs> so the one uh, real, real negative to take out of this one, and actually this might be a good time for this to happen, uh, Kolo Muani getting a red card off uh, two yellows um, accumulated in the match. I thought the, sec- the second one was really soft. I mean, like, really, Dude, really soft. Dude, you should have seen the first one, man. He he un- uh, accidentally elbowed the guy in the eye when he was jumping up uh, because he was protecting that himself. Too. And, I mean, like, to get a yellow card, it was early in the first half. Like, I was so mad. Like, And you could tell Kolo Muani was like, okay, this guy is ridiculous. Um, I mean – I think, you know, the contact to the head one is getting called more and more now. It's a point of emphasis for referees. Um, I understand that. So early in the match, I don't think there was any intent to be that physical. But, man, for me, that second one just 
I don't know. Like there's contact. I, I don't know. You I, thought that I, one was more appropriate I, than the first one? Studs are up, man. You know, it, it's tough. And I mean, you know, you, I understand he's going for the ball, but like there are times where, you know, you shouldn't really be going like studs up. And then if you are, you know, you should be aiming to go before the foot and not at the foot. Because if his aim is to step on the ball, you know, he knows there's a 50-50 chance that he's going to step on the other player's foot. And maybe, you know, he forgot that he got that yellow card in the first half. Um, but I take this as a blessing yeah. in disguise, you know, because look, he what, what what minute did he get sent off in the 68th minute? You know, he had 20 extra minutes spared in his legs. And, you know, I don't know how much longer he would have played because Bory did get subbed in um, later on. But that's a, I, th- I take it as a blessing in disguise, you know, kind of spin zone that <laughs> on my part. Yeah. It, well, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but I think this is a good opportunity if he's going to be out for a match to be out against Bolcom and the opportunity for Bore to get some meaningful minutes is going to be important, maybe for the whole squad. Yeah, I agree because, you know, I definitely feel bad for the guy because we obviously can't bench Kolobwani. I mean, he's arguably Bundesliga player of the year, right? Uh, early contender uh, with his, what, yeah. five assists now? Um, I mean, he's just such a such an effective player. So... I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's 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 exciting times right now. I mean, like I said, we're on a three game win streak right now. We are on back to back clean sheets, or am I just looking at the timeline wrong? Oh no, yeah, Stuttgart scored one. That was a stupid goal. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, this. I mean, the second half. Listen, the second half was a whole different kind of situation where I thought we were kind of sitting back and you know I. I mean, you'll hear it from me first. Two nothing is the worst league in soccer, and I will always stick by that. Like, I would rather have a one nothing league going at halftime than two nothing because I know when two nothing happens, they're gonna rally. And you know, once that first goal happens, that second goal is like a seventy percent chance, essentially. In my in my stupid statistical book, again, like I don't trust my I don't trust my brain, but I just feel two nothing is always a comeback story. And I mean, look, Trap had to save our asses a couple times, you know, especially late on when. It seemed like Union just was unleashing all of their warships on us, you know, just sending missiles from all around the corners. And, you know, Trap is making all these, um, you know, these incredible saves, you know, just keep making more of a statement why, you know, he should be the best keeper in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, man, as exciting as this was, uh, there were some other matches around the league, too, that I think had a big impact on the standings early as we are. You know, we're eight matches in. We're we're pretty much a quarter of the way here, just a match or so, half or, sh- or so short of the quarter point of the season. It's time to start looking at that table. And there were some interesting results uh, around the block that had some impact on us. Uh, number one, right up the road, Cologne taking down Dortmund in a wild match. Comeback story, baby. You know what? Cologne is... is exceeded i think most people's expectations so far um to hold dortmund back from taking over that that first spot in the league is good for all the rest of us that are chasing uh, i think there were goals each way in less than two minutes in that one just a wild wild way that that played out a uh, couple other interesting ones uh Werder Bremen five, Borussia Mönchengladbach one. Wow, uh, they continue their slide. <laughs> that's, Good on them. That's I, tough. I just I hope they can keep losing. Tough, tough, um, tough. Augsburg pulls out a three-two win over Schalke down a man. So Schalke continuing to struggle. Um, Augsburg finding a way to get it done. I didn't see when they went off. Uh, 
I just see the note here that they were down, but that's an interesting one. Hmm. Um, yeah, the other other ones, Leipzig over Bochum, big Freiburg. Freiburg for me is dangerous. I mean, they, they beat Mines two to one, not a big victory on paper, but they just continue rolling, tied on points, uh, just three back from Union on goal differential. Uh, it's crazy. Freiburg's tough. It's crazy how tight the league is. I mean, yeah, Freiburg is tough right now as well, but the, the whole league is kind of crazy because, like, how depending how different results go, like we could end up in twelfth place or we could end up in first place. You know, or like tied for first place. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy how tight this league is right now. Just you know, we're what almost a third of the way through. It's nuts. It's been a while. You know, we've seen two team, even three team races at this point in recent years, but it has been a long time. Since you had six teams within three points, first place, eight weeks into the year. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of the favorites going into the year, Leverkusen, I think I had them second in in my prediction. They're sitting at 17th right now. They got destroyed Friday, 4-0 against uh, the Evil Empire down in Munich. But, you know, you, you just never know in this league. And every single match can lead to some shocking results and... I don't know if we were shocked by a result against Union, but what that three points did for us, as opposed to taking one, which I was kind of uh, wishing for before the match, you know, taking all three there, we're right in the mix. We're sitting in sixth. We're in a European spot on 14 points. Uh, We're tied with Hoffenheim with 14. And then we're just a point off Champions League. And, you know, take out that goal differential from match day one, and we which be will improve. That will improve as well, absolutely. But dude, the bottom yep. the bottom of the league is also going to be is separating real fast because there's only three wins between like six teams right now down there. And I mean, if Wolfsburg may be a part of that too, but you know, I think the league is may just be separated by like you know twelfth place people from twelfth going up, uh, fighting for first, and then you know everybody below that is already in like the relegation battle. But I mean, it's. Yep. Uh, it's a wild, wild there's going to be there's going to be a very interesting dynamic. I know we got a lot to get into, but as we talk about the bottom of the table and the upcoming um, big break with the World Cup and the, the classic winter pause, um, there's going to be some big teams that spent a lot of money to either stay in the league or move back into the first division. Mm-hmm. They might have to be buyers just to survive. Yeah, they might have to walk that financial tightrope. Talking like Leverkusen, Schalke spent a lot to get back. Hertha, they might have to spend to stay up because they can't score a goal. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how teams handle this extended break. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how the transfer window is going to look like as well. And, like, I don't know whether, like, meddling in is going to be allowed and stuff like that. I don't know how that works as well with players playing in the World Cup because, you know, usually typically players have time during the World Cup to deal with those stuff, but it doesn't look like they will here. So I don't know how the transfer rules are going to transfer into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely could see, you know, all these teams who actually have a pretty good budget, you know, dropping, you know, millions and millions of dollars in the winter transfer window. Yeah. And, you know, who's going to spend at the risk of, if you're sitting at, you know, 16th or 17th? Are you really going to spend to survive or do you risk, you know, the potential relegation, you know, just to save a couple million bucks there, but then you lose it. No, you lose on, a lot of uh, revenue. Oh yeah. Sponsorships and the revenue. So it, it, there's a balancing act there, uh, but that'll be a discussion for 
later this year. Uh, let's talk about another victory, one that took place Sunday, very early Sunday morning here in the States. Um, the Frauen, Eintracht Frankfurt, Frauen 3, Werder Bremen 1. Um, I'm going to put it this way. There was one thing that disappointed me in this match, just one single one. No Why were there only 2,000? Well, yes, the TV <laughs> thing aside, um, ATA football, I subscribed to them this morning, and I knew our match wasn't on there. Uh-huh. I subscribed to them this morning to help support the women's game, uh-huh. and none of the feeds from anywhere loaded, which sucked. Mm. But their mobile app is amazing, but that's a rant for a different time. Um, I'm frustrated there were only 2,000 people there. And it, coming off 20,000-plus in match day one at Bay- against Bayern, uh, at Deutsche Bank Park, I feel like we can support this team better, especially one that's showing an opportunity to potentially win the league. Come on, guys. Show up. Yeah. Show up for these ladies. They're working hard. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't know if the weather played a uh, part of that as well because it was pouring the whole time. But, yeah, going from 20 to 2, is uh, that's, a, that's a big drop-off. I mean, that's that's something that, you know, everybody's boss would double-check on and be like, what happened here, you know? Um, I don't and it was a little concerning for me because, I mean, you look at how we go from the excitement on the men's side from European nights in the midweek to a match against Balcom on the weekend. We struggle with that sometimes or, you know, another shitty team. Uh, I was a little concerned about that coming off the, off the, um, off the top for the women's team, but um, a, a really bad team. Uh, Werder Bremen is not good. Frankfurt carried about 70% possession through most of the first half. It was closer to 80% at some points. Uh, it took a while for the dam to break, mm-hmm. um, but after after a corner kick broke down, uh, Verena Hanshaw played one of the most awesome soft touch through balls that I've ever seen. Like it was only a maybe ten to fifteen yard pass, but it was perfectly placed between the defender and the keeper, and neither one of them could get to it. Literally, the only person that could get to it uh, was Geraldine Rutler, who put a nice ball down in the corner, but that pass was just spot on. And once we got up one zero, uh, there was no hope for Bremen at that point. That's why they're professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And dude, Barbara Dunst, dude, he, she was on fire last week. I thought she was going to at least put one in because she hit the post, I think twice, but, uh, yeah, she's on fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, that's something that you stole my fire, which damn it. But no, you're a hundred percent right. Um, uh, like the men's side, the women oh, had a great middle notes. portion oh, of the I'm match. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to shut no, up. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, but really, this whole game uh, for about 40 minutes revolved around Barbara Dunst and her ability to create and just she's kind of a stabilizing force with the ball. You, you're so confident with her on the ball and what she can create for other people. Um, a lot of it's very quiet but it's important. But today was not quiet at all. Uh, right after the halftime break, Dunst set up another goal, a uh, long ball to Dunst. And then she kind of did a Jesper Lindstrom where she jocks two people along uh, the left side in the goal line. And then she plays one to Nicole Anyami and mm-hmm. like Lindstrom, uh, just some good footwork in the box. Those were almost mirror image goals, the way they played out. Um, it's great philosophy you know, that Brian we implement kinda, these players. There you go. I guess the transition yeah. from the men to the women. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, if you watch those side by side, they're so similar. It's it's a little concerning. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, Bremen kind of got one off a, a corner, uh, went off of our defender in the goal. Whatever those happen, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't extend the lead uh, beyond two goals because once it hits 2-1, like you said, that two-goal lead is sometimes a killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that, how that was going to work out. But once again, uh, stop me if you haven't heard this before. Barbara Dunst created another goal. Um, she worked her way through a defender on the end line, uh, gave it to Prashnikar in the middle, just a nice shot from the slot. Top shelf where Grandma keeps the peanut butter, um, or I guess this one was icing on the cake. Uh, but the peanut butter on top of the jet. I don't know where I'm going this. I'm hungry. I had a big Peloton workout. <laughs> I just want some peanut butter. But, man – they put together a solid 90 minute match. It would have been easy after allowing a goal in the 70th to just sit back and defend, but they kept pressing, kept attacking 20 shots, nine on target, 70, 70% possession. That's what you have to do to win in any league. Deja vu uh, from last year. a lower team. Deja vu from Absolutely. last year. Absolutely. It's important to take those six points because there's only 12 teams in the league. You're only playing 22 matches six points against a bad team is huge. So we took three here. We get the reverse fixture in the spring. Um, around the league. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, third place on seven points tied with Bayern Wolfsburg at nine points in the league. Um, elsewhere in the league. I want to go back and look at this one because uh, Cologne beat Potsdam who, if people don't know, uh, turbine Potsdam is historically a great club. And, not we competed start. with them for that Champions League spot. They're sitting down in 10 right now. Uh, three goals in three matches, but eight allowed. That's uh, concerning good. on that side. Um, interestingly, lots of clubs with name recognition. Uh, the top seven in the league right now are all uh, men's Bundesliga names that you would recognize. Wolfsburg, Bayern, Frankfurt, Cologne, Freiburg, Leverkusen, Hoffenheim. That's not normal. Uh, for this league, that's not normal across the women's game in Europe. Uh, but there is kind of a separation there right now that the haves are in good shape and the have-nots are not. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, the women are off next weekend. Their next match is Sunday, October 16th um, at SGS Essen. So not sure on the TV for that one. I'll have to find an illegal Danish stream. Most likely. You can hit me up with a, with a DM on how to get that one. But. Come on, ATA football. I, I'm paying you now. I want more streams. <laughs> hey, if they if, if we tweet at them, maybe they'll uh, enhance their uh, their streaming services for us. That's true. They, everybody flood ATA football. They they really do a good job showing women's matches from around Europe. Um, but we want more. It's a great product. We want to see more. So speaking of more, Matt, we got a lot more to talk about. We're not even halfway into this one yet. There's a lot of excitement for this coming week. Um, so we need to stay hydrated. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Yes, sir. So I uh, decided to expand my palate a little bit more, go down to some local breweries over here. Uh, I feel, I've definitely talked about this place before, but Alewife Brewing Company got their hazy IPA. I completely forgot their name, so I apologize. But yeah, just sticking with the hazies. It's good. Nice and sweet. Or are you more like the dry, hazy type? Ooh, I don't. Do you like it to taste like like your morning orange juice, or do you want something that's more like softer? 
Oh, I, 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 ah, that's interesting. That's, I, I don't know. I, I, it tastes like more like, I guess, a smoothie in a sense, but I guess the more on the citrusy side of things, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've never heard of that so, before. That's great. I like that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a sommelier or uh, what do you call a beer expert? I don't know. No um, idea. But I just drink, I drink a lot of them. Here in Michigan, we've got a brewery called Old Nation and they're M43 is arguably the best hazy in the country. I'm not going to start a debate, um, but it, man, I just love a good hazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get better. Yeah. So today, this weekend um, in Bavaria, it's the last weekend of Oktoberfest. I'm celebrating uh, here with my lo- one of my favorite breweries, local versions of Ameritzen, their Oktoberfest uh, from Bell's Brewing. Uh, the Bell's Eccentric Cafe in Kalamazoo routinely voted one of the best places to have a beer in America. Wow. And this is one of their better ones. This Oktoberfest is fantastic. Um, I don't know how I came across it. I was just going through the store like, yeah, that looks good. That looks photogenic. I'll throw that on the lawn and take a picture. So, dude, the label, yeah, the uh, label does a lot, a lot, you know, like I feel like the label sometimes contributes like 20% to the taste. You know, I'm not in marketing, but I feel like there's something to that. And if somebody's in marketing out there, if you could do like a scratch and sniff beer label so I can like smell the beer and be like, ooh, that's a beer I want to try. That could be interesting. Right? Yeah, like a perfume sort of like in the magazine type of things. But, you know, they're, they're it- <laughs> then, then you're going to have a bunch of weirdos like smelling other people's beer bottles in the middle of the store. Maybe, um, you know, with. Maybe that's not a good idea, considering we're coming off a pandemic. Yeah, right. But dude, just a, just a piggyback on your marketing thing, and this could be a, a learning lesson for everybody. And this is probably well known, and maybe it's not. But you know, there's a, there's a reason why all these food. Ch- you know, you know what the most common thing in all these major food chains are in terms of like the color, like like what they advertise and stuff like that. What red. And the color red apparently is appealing to our appetite and makes us think of food. And like, I guess you get hungry once you see red and stuff like that. So that's why, you know, McDonald's has a red sign. Burger has, Burger King has some red in there. Wendy's, like all of these like places are predominantly red, you know, even Taco, does, uh, Taco Bell is more purple and blue, but uh, Subway has a little bit of red in there. Uh, no, I'm just now I'm just contradicting myself. They're green and yellow, aren't they? Yeah. So now I'm just kind of contradicting myself. But you know, the big guys have the red in there because apparently that's like a scientific thing where we as humans like red and thinks of us as food, which is interesting because when you, uh, I guess for men, when you look at a woman when they wear a dress, red is an attractive like you know color to wear. Fun fact by one there. This, <laughs> this 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 TED talk by Matt is fascinating. Um, on that note, I will be wearing a red jersey to the watch party next Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll be looking good for you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be wearing red, too, so I'll be looking good for each other. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll be back for segment two. We got a lot to look forward to from this week's matches. So stay tuned.
Welcome back. Segment two, Hey on Track Frankfurt, episode 241. Matt, that's a lot of episodes. We've been doing this a while. Brian, Nathan, Roman, other Brian, everybody who's been a part of this for so long has done so much good work. Uh, this might be the busiest week yet, just with everything going on across both of our teams and it's be a busy all the competitions month. they're in. It, it, this whole month, there's just so much going on in this compressed schedule. And I think if we were doing poorly, it would feel like a drag. But the way the team is playing right now uh, just feels like the right moment, the right opportunity for the big time. And that's what we're going to see Tuesday. Not that that the opener against Sporting was not big, um, but arguably more eyes will be on our match on Tuesday hosting Tottenham than any match maybe, maybe in the history of Deutsche Bank Park. What are your initial thoughts on Tottenham coming to town on Tuesday? I mean, look, it's it's a huge game for us, you know, but, you know, we've we've had bigger opponents in there so far. But, I mean, either way, this is a, a big game and a big, big uh, tournament where it really matters for everyone, you know. And, you know, Tottenham is definitely going to be coming balls deep against us. Um, it's it's going to be another special night in the Champions League, you know, um, in Frankfurt. And, um, you know, I know that the, the fans are going to be going in through and throughout, you know, no matter what the uh, scoreline is going to be. And, uh, you know, we're kind of coming off against uh, Tottenham, who's kind of in the dumpster fi- fire right now. Uh, I'm not really counting, you know, their, their uh, win against Leicester, but but that's, you know, a le- that's a dumpster fire fighting another dumpster fire. I guess Tottenham's just a bigger dumpster f- or a, a smaller dumpster fire, I guess, in that kind of sense. But... Ah, Champions League, baby. That's This is what we fought for, and we are we got enjoyed every time. Yeah, you know, Tottenham has struggled a bit as of late, uh, but they came out of the gates really hot. Uh, in the league, after eight matches in the Premier League in England, they're sitting third with 17 points, five wins, two draws, and a loss. Um, that's a good start in a tough league. But in the Champions League, it's been a little bit of a different story. Uh, you know, they struggled. They struggled mightily against Sporting. Um, what the hell was the score of that one? Two, Two nothing. Yep, a shutout. Um, granted, that game was in Portugal, right? So you know, not easy by any means, but still, um, you know, I think I'm not going to tip my hand before the prediction, but I think there's opportunities here. Arsenal's coming off a tough three-one loss to their North London rivals uh, yesterday. That's Saturday. Um, they're not exactly in a good headspace right now. In both competitions, they've lost their last match. And Antonio Conte is just an angry man. When he doesn't win, when he doesn't get his way, he's kind of upset that some moves weren't made over the summer. He, he just, once he gets angry, it kind of becomes a distraction for that team. And if it's not for the golden boot of Harry Kane and Son and you know, he's a speedy guy. I I hate going up against him. Um, but I don't fear a lot. If we can contain their top-end players, I don't believe they have the depth um, or the cohesion of their depth like we do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like sometimes with, like, Tottenham and I think it's – or with the Premier League, and this is also predominant because, you know, we fucking – it's going to – we play, like – Sometimes great soccer, sometimes terrible soccer. We mirror, we mirror it. But 
Tottenham is in this weird spot where, you know, Conte's not looking too good right now. Um, the team's not looking too good right now. And, you know, this is definitely could affect them, you know, later into the game, uh, uh, you know, as they progress here in the in the Champions League. You know, this, you know, losing to Arsenal is a huge, huge, you know, dump in their, uh, in their toilet bowl. So it's, um, it's, I mean, this is a perfect time for us to play them. That now, do I think we're gonna uh, come out of it as a win? You know, it really depends how we kind of show up against Tottenham. Those, and look, we are gonna be going running down their throats because I think Tottenham and Tottenham fans are gonna be shook by you know our fan display and how you know how our fans are gonna uh, be at uh, you know cheering on our team no matter what the score is. You know, they'll 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 get booed every single time they touch the ball. You know, it's gonna be that kind of game. You know, if any if you know this is this is as equivalent, if not an even more important game than when Barcelona came to us last year in the Europa League. Um, yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I'll tell you about I'll say that much. It's gonna be a wild, wild atmosphere. Yeah. So we're tied with Tottenham on points in group D. Um, even Tottenham's opening win against Marseille, that was nil-nil until the red card. Uh, it was an obvious red. The Marseille defender was tracking back and just straight tackled the guy like they were playing NFL football. Um it was it was a good call by the referee, but it wasn't until that point that Tottenham really took over the match. So I do feel like they haven't shown anything of quality. Um, Marseille was bad against us, and we came came out with a win. Uh, they played Tottenham real tough. This is a very interesting group because there's no real clear front runner. Sporting's been the best so far. Um, but I also don't think they've gotten anyone's best shot yet. Dude. Tottenham, Frankfurt, and Marseille, you're talking three divas. All three of them have a diva reputation. So all it takes is one of them saying, hey, we decided we want to play well now. And they could run the table the rest of the way. So I have a question here because uh, I, I I think this is the reason why I've been so successful here. Even if we are completely healthy at all front ends um, on our team, do we still start Hasebe throughout the rest of the season, even though we play a shit ton of games? <sighs> we haven't lost with him. So we haven't lost with him, but we're going to be at a bigger disadvantage if we lose him due to injury or fatigue. Uh, if, if that makes sense. I agree. I would rather, I would rather get 50 or 60 minutes out of him and then, you know, have him have, have the opportunity at halftime to say, Hey, OG, I only got 10 minutes left. I only got 15 minutes left. You know, he'll never say that he'll play till his dying breath. But I think the more so mature, let me, so let me the question will call for important games, yeah. important games. What do we start? I say about every single important game, if not every single champions league game and let him rest in the, uh, in the Bundesliga games or play limited minutes. So he can get his feet warmed up and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, this might be the perfect segue to our next segment. Um, I want to see Hasebe with the start and, if possible, the full 90 minutes on Tuesday because we have Balcom at the weekend. Um, going up against the last-place team in, in the Bundesliga, I think, presents an opportunity to go with a younger lineup to even explore some new formations. If you want to give Smolcic a start or something like that, we can't do that against Tottenham. We can do that on Saturday against Bochum, though. As much so, as I want to agree with you, if can he can I run it out, I love it. Can I remind you about Kota Fuert last year? Yes, and 
um, match day one, I think, against Bochum two years ago. You know, it just, yes, anything can happen. A bad team can have a great match. Um, but if those bad matches are going to happen, it's not going to be because of our lineup. We have bragged about the depth of the lineup. And no, Smolchich, for just using him as an example, is not as dependable as Hasebe. But if we're going to lose to Balkum because we played with the lineup, it's not going to be because of one guy. It's going to be a whole team um, effort failure. In that perspective, guys. I agree with you because I mean that's we have to really show where we can you know really use our depth where you know we end up starting you know uh, Ali Du, um, probably Bore, maybe even Lucas Solario and Bebe, you know, maybe even have a new different goalkeeper in there, but probably not because Kevin Trapp is our freaking god and savior and you know Jesus yeah, Christ, you know I'm, and as we're transitioning to Balkum here before we give predictions, I'm all about playing with the lineup. I just want to play with it in a smart way. You know, just because we want to see some squad rotation, that doesn't mean we need to have Timothy Chandler, you know, playing up at the nine or something like that. Like we can we can have some flexibility, but also not, you know, you you can rotate some guys out after 40 minutes or 45 minutes or 60 minutes. That's another version of rotation. It doesn't have to mean starting Smolchich and Bebe, uh, Ali Du, all those guys right from the start yeah yeah i know i mean you need to have Jakic come back from injury too because i don't know how long he's out for but i don't even know what his injury really is to be quite honest we need some interns like work for us give us like some stats sometimes <laughs> but uh yeah i, I mean that's good it's gonna be interesting i definitely agree with you i think if we if we as we've been boasting about our depth this whole time you know specifically coming off the bench let's see how we can do with a different lineup especially if we'll be playing 14 games in these next like 33 days like a game every three to four days it's gonna be nuts and that's that's part of it too as it relates to the hasebe question uh he won't be the only one you got to look at a guy like mario goza he can't be running out 90 minutes every three days either um I I think we might have seen more of him than even we were expecting going into the year. Oh, you know, I agree. He he's played so well. It would be stupid to leave him on the bench. Um, but there's so many guys that we expected to see more that we haven't because what we found work it works is working, and why change it? Yeah, don't um, don't fix it. Was, it it was nice to see. Yeah, it was nice to see. So get some rest um, yesterday, but he's gonna be. He, we're going to have to depend on him this weekend. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's going to have a great game this weekend as well because, you know, he was able to beat Spain with Switzerland, you know, and he played the full 90 minutes, which is why he probably was on the bench uh, against Union. But, look, I I mean, look, I don't I don't see us changing our lineup too much where we came out with Marseille, you know, with RKM, Gutsa, and Lindstrom, the front three, and then instead of Knauf playing on the left, probably Lentz. Maybe, possibly, maybe Pellegrini, who knows? Probably maybe Pellegrini since he's feeling hot. Um, and then, you know, so Kamada, and then hopefully Jakic if he's back. If not, then probably Knauf out there again. And then, you know, Indika, Olmet, Haseba, and Tuta. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see Knauf. I think he's been great. Um, I really, you know, there was the debate that you and, you and Tom had about um, – whether we own him or not, does that play a factor in the minutes? I think it does if we didn't have a lot to play for right now, because what would be the point of continuing to play him so much? But we're still in the Champions League uh, fight to get through. We're still fighting for Champions League positions in the league. And 
it doesn't matter if we own you, if you're on loan or, you know, you sweep the floors after the match. We need every single person to do their part at this point. And Knauf is a guy who is part of the reason we're in the Champions League right now. Yeah. We, we would not be in this position without what he did the last half of last year. And that hasn't left him either. No, not at all. Not at all. So as we look ahead to the weekend and the Polka match, just a reminder, uh, if you skip the first 45 seconds of chaos in this episode, uh, our watch party in New York City Woo-hoo! at... At Jack Dempsey's, uh, literally, uh, what is that? 33rd Street, right? Yes, sir. West literally 33rd. in the in the shadow of the Empire State Building. Is that East 33rd? It's probably East 33rd. I don't know why I said West 33rd. It's probably West from me. I'm a Detroiter. Why do I know Manhattan better? Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out Matt and I. We're going to be there. We're going to do some social media things while we're there. Uh, I am bringing our first load of HefPod merch. It finally made its way after almost a year of trying to get this off the ground. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to have some free shit. We're going to have some free shit for people. And uh, like I said, if you predict the perfect score for the Tottenham match, the first $20 of your tab will be on me. I will be there with cold, hard cash. And apparently Matt's going to... Matt's going to... Match you. Yes, sir. Double that. So... You know, $40 gets you, like, a beer in New York, right? Uh, you could probably get, like, two, like, Genesee lights, probably, possibly three. You get, you may get lucky. Look at that. You might get a shot of gasoline for the price that Matt and I are offering for you. So go on social <laughs> media, share your predictions for Tuesday with us, and cash out Saturday in New York City. So as as we look at this match, uh, I was trying to do some research on Bochum. They suck. They really, really suck. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean that with a sense of knowing that we may come out entirely flat and I'm going to look really stupid doing it. But their leading goal scorer has two goals. Um, I haven't heard of a single one of these guys in their roster. Yeah. I mean, listen, they are they're tough right now. They're the, the go-to foods of last year, you know, so it's. But look, like look, how, like I said earlier, look how how that happened last year with Gorto Food. You know, last time we had Bori saved us in the last minute, and then uh, I don't even talk about the, the game after that. But you know, I, I worry how we come out and stuff like that. And I mean, it's um, I'm not yeah, like I said, I, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. And you know, depending how we play against Tottenham, that's really going to affect how we play against Bochum because there's a couple scenarios that can come up and right. Like we beat, we beat a uh, Tottenham, you know, hippie hurrah. We go to, we go to Bochum, we get out of there with a tie. Perf. That'd be a great scenario. I mean, perfect scenario would be a double win, but that'd be also a nice plan B. I can also see us getting whooped by uh, Tottenham. And then, you know, we go to Bochum and say, all right, we need a freaking, you know, get our goal differential up because we got to make up for what happened against Bayern. That's, that's exposable for as bad of the team as they look on paper right now uh, and on the field. So we'll see what happens. So, those are the two scenarios I can see happening. Obviously, scenario A would be the best fucking scenario, but we're the moody diva. That, that's that's not a guarantee. And it's probably – and Mercury Retrograde is probably still going on, or it's either over. I don't even know. I know. Astrologist. <laughs> Matt, do you think the result Tuesday will impact Saturday at all? Yeah. Or are they entirely separate as far as – 
things go? Um, I think I think it will definitely impact it. Um, well, because well, a Bory is going to be starting that game, so that's going to be awesome. He's going to have to you know prove himself as you mentioned earlier. Um, no, but Tuesday will definitely affect it because you know if we you know lose that game, you know we're going to come out strong. You know against Bochum, you know we know kind of rebound it because we have to kind of figure things out as we play Tottenham the following week again. So. That's really going to impact it. Or I can see us kind of resting if we end up winning. So, yeah, Tuesday is going to really depend on Bochum. But that doesn't really change what my predictions are going to be because – or actually, you go first before we start laying them out. Uh, on <laughs> your thought about, you know, how we're going to come out. The, the Bore point, which I actually brought up far earlier in the episode, I had totally forgotten about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I think – I don't think it plays a direct impact because we've played fantastic in European play and then come out flat in the league against some really bad teams. So I don't think it's going to affect us as far as a carryover effect. Um, I actually think it's better that we're going on the road following the European competition because, as we know, Deutsche Bank Park on a Saturday following a Tuesday or Wednesday is just kind of a drag. I mean, it's still the greatest place in the Bundesliga, but relative to what it was midweek, that just can't be replicated. No way. And I, I think it might be a positive thing that we're going on the road following that because we won't expect the emotional letdown. And let's be honest, we played better on the road lately. And going on the road where our away fans might be louder than the entire Polkham contingent, uh, I'll take the chances. I agree. I definitely, I definitely, uh, work, I, I definitely see your point. I'll say that. So um, do we want to lay down the predictions or how do you want to maneuver this, Captain? You go first, my friend. So we're going to tie both games, plain and simple. And, you know, I think because, you know, we're going to have a really good game. I think we're going to have a strong game against Tottenham. I think we're going to play play a 1-1 game. Um, it, but it's going to be tough, you know, because Tottenham also wants to prove themselves because, you know, they have had a rough, you know, couple of few days. So I think that's going to be a 1-1 game. I think if anybody's going to score, it's going to be Kolomane or Kamada. You know, we'll see with his European magic. And then, you know, it's going to be hard to stop Harry Kane, because, especially with our, you know, defensive woes and stuff like that. I mean, especially we've had a couple of clean sheets recently, but, you know, now we're going against a, a top, top number nine that we haven't played against in a very long time. So that's going to be a tie game. And then, you know, I just worry about us against Bochum and, you know, knowing that they haven't even won a game yet or even, or well, I've only tied one, you know, just, just tells me that, you know, they're either going to win the game or they're going to tie the game. I don't see us winning that game just because of us being the launish diva. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to tie both games. I think one, one against the Tottenham game. Um, and then, yeah, I think with Bochum, it could be a zero, zero match. Sorry, I'm a Debbie That's Downer. A oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just trying to be realistic here. I mean, hey, we're on a three game win streak, which, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, we needed that. We needed that bolt, but I think we're going to be very conservative, especially when, um, you know, as we play these 14 games, these next 33 days, players are going to want to step back a little bit. All right. I'll, I'll throw a little realism at you here because I know you like that. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, Arsenal, and now Tottenham and West Ham last year. Uh, three recent European teams, uh, European competitions we played against these teams from England and all from London, interestingly. Um, 
we have fared really well against them. Agreed. We exited to Chelsea. You know, I get it. We exited against Chelsea, but I would argue all night and all day we were the better team in that one. Um, Arsenal, we took care of business. West Ham, we took care of business. And I'm not sure how this one's going to play out exactly, but I think on Tuesday, we take care of business. We're playing at home. We're on a high. Guys have something to prove. We have Daichi Kamada, who just knows how to play. Some like When he's dead, we need to study his brain to figure out what it is that brings this out of him on <laughs> midday, midweek matches. There's just something about that guy in European competition. And I'm with you. Like, I think we're not going to come out flat. Uh, if anything, we're going to come out hot and then cool down. Um, but I, I think one thing we're going to get back to that we struggled with this last weekend is dominating set pieces. Um, yep. We're going to get one that way because Tottenham has actually struggled in defending set pieces Big time. in a limited amount of time that I've seen them. And because so I think, yeah, yeah. I think we get one on a set piece. I think we end up with a 2-1 victory on Tuesday against Tottenham. And then we can go to work on Wednesday and look at all of our Premier League friends and like wave to them and give them a little middle finger because the Bundesliga is better. Hashtag Bundesliga is better. Give them a little kiss and a little wink. Tell them how it's up. That's right. They can put their beans on toast and eat it all they want. But uh, sausage and sauerkraut is where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Saturday, um, Saturday's match. I have some concern about the way we're going to come out for the obvious reasons we mentioned, but I think that we have the firepower and they don't. And that's what it comes down to me. Even in a bad game, we can score goals. Even in our worst match of the year against Bayern in the opener, we scored two goals. So we have the ability to entirely disappear, but I don't think Balcom has the quality to keep us down for 90 minutes. And actually, I think we come away from that one with a 3-0 victory. It might be ugly, but it's going to look good on the scoreline. I like it. I like the optimism because that will definitely feed me come Saturday. But look, listen, Saturday morning, I'm going to be like, all right, guys, it's going to be a 5 nothing win, smashing victory, done deal. Not even going to watch the game. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> there are going to be plenty of breakfast beers poured when we get together next weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited because, uh, you know, you're gonna, it's Jack Dempsey's is a great Frankfurt Frankfurt bar. You know, we'll see Big Tom. We'll have some Celtic fans there as well because they're, they'll they'll appreciate us after, you know, the the dethrone or not dethroning, but beating the Rangers. So we'll have some we'll have some green yeah. and white in there. And, um, yeah, you know, the depth, the depth of plan is just to stream it all online so, like, you know, you guys can cheer along with us and whatnot, see how we react against certain plays and stuff. Um, hopefully it works out with the microphone, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a test. But either way, it's gonna be great. I mean, it's gonna be best if you guys show up to Jack Dempsey's. But you know, online if you guys want to join us as well, that's one avenue you can join us on. Uh, hey, HR Frankfurt um, on Instagram. I'll throw another uh, tidbit out there. If anybody travels farther than I do, as the crow flies, to be at Jack Dempsey's on Saturday, I will pay your entire tab. I'm not talking about like. You go to school at NYU, but you're actually from California. I'm talking about like you travel in for this event from further away than what am I like 1100 miles, something like that. You travel farther than I do 
and I will pay your entire tab no matter what that is Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that. And hey, don't for, I, and don't forget for people to uh, tweet us as well for their predictions because if they get a prediction right, you know, they got that. But those three Genesee Light drinks on us. That's right. Um, so uh, EFC New York, a fantastic group. You guys do great watch parties out there. Can't ma- wait to meet all those guys. Matt, how can we interact with you on social media? Yeah, you can find me out on the Twitter skate, skate side of things at WAGMA underscore and then on Instagram at underscore Wagner8. And for the show, Matt does a great job with the show's Instagram um, at Hey on Trek Frankfurt. And we're also on Twitter. We're all kind of active on there at HEF Pod. Brian does a great job on Facebook.com slash HEF Pod. And I'm still working on getting the rest of HEFPod.com going. Uh, but merch is coming soon. Who knows? You show up in New York, you might actually get some. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and they're sexy. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. I worry about I, I showed you whole- a couple previews. And I, I haven't, I don't think I've shown you the jacket I'm going to show up in. But it's gonna be don't uh, surprise me. I want to see it. I, I don't don't show me any <laughs> pictures. But dude, I'm the worst person when it comes to t-shirts because I always mess on myself and I I have to be careful because I'm gonna abuse the shirt. That's the worst part. Well, then you're gonna have to buy ten of them. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. You'll keep the program alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the money All that right. we get paid. So our theme music is the song Forza SKA by Frankfurt and Eintracht legend Tankard. Follow Tankard at Tankard Official and at www.reapermusic.da forward slash Reaper. Our outro music is by Hey on, is Hey on Track Frankfurt by the fabulous Roy Hammer and Deep Paralines. I I definitely messed that one up. Um, sure, <laughs> find them at, at RoyHammer.da. Uh, Matt, this was fun. I wish we had another hour because honestly, we would need it to go over everything the way it should be. But as good as this preview was, next week's review is going to be even better. Yeah, because it's going to be Tottenham round two and then someone after that in the Bundesliga. But yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a busy, busy month, ladies and gentlemen, and busy for us for sure. It which is, is going to be a lot of content for you guys, which is a win-win for everybody. It is. So we thank everybody for listening. If you listen this long, uh, have another drink. You earned it. And we will talk to all of you next week after Eintracht Tottenham and Bochum. Until next time, choose. I mean, it was a double victory from both sides of the logo this weekend. So, I mean, it, it couldn't have been a more perfect weekend. Hey, I'm